and welcome all you amazing people. I'm so grateful for each one of you and to each one of you for tuning in to yet another episode of You Are Human. Today with me is someone who creates content for the food, of the food, from the food. <laughs> Her amazing recipes are delicious and oh so yummy and they leave me mouth-watering all the time. She is a Swiss-born and has been brought up in Kenya. And she's taken it as her own responsibility to not just educate people about Swahili food, but to also ensure that we all have Swahili food in our daily meals. <laughs> Please welcome Vanessa. Thank you. What a lovely introduction. Karibu to my kabindi. Ki? Kibindi. Kibindi, Kibindi, Kibindi yeah, Ooh, yeah. I finally got it. <laughs> We've practiced. <laughs> yes, we have. And I don't think I've done a fabulous job at it, but we can move ahead, right? <laughs> Definitely. It is so amazing, right, that you speak Swahili. I know. A lot of people, it throws a lot of people off initially. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It because uh, when I had even Oliver Allen, and Oliver speaks Arabic Ar so fluently, and then he was telling me, why didn't you get Vanessa? I was like, no, she is, you know, she, she's there to be yeah. on my show very soon. Yeah. But uh, how, how was it coming to Oman and people seeing you or listening to you speak Swahili? How, how was it? Was it difficult for them to comprehend? They're like, oh, okay, the video and audio, they don't match. Yeah, initially, <laughs> those even people who are like, that's definitely not her talking. It's been dubbed over. Um, we had comments like that. And people were like, there's no way this white girl is speaking Swahili <laughs> like that. Yeah. Why? You know, they were so confused. Um, some people were really happy about it. They were like, it's, it's amazing, you right. know, to, to see to, so many different reactions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so for me, it was just, it didn't feel, it's because Swahili, I learned Swahili before, we actually call it Kiswahili, Kiswahili. by the way. Okay. So Swahili is the tribe mm -hmm. and Kiswahili is the language. The language. Okay. So I learned Kiswahili before I learned English. Hmm. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> so it would, for me, it just felt like I didn't see the, I never saw the big deal. I still don't see the big deal until I see another white person kind of speaking Swahili, Kiswahili and I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. You know, it yeah. shocks me. <laughs> then I have to remind myself, look in the mirror, girl. <laughs> like, you are kind of in the same group. Yes. Um, yes. But yeah, so I, I love that though. Uh, I love catching people by surprise. Right. Yeah, especially right. when they talk about you or something in, in Kiswahili, not expecting you to know it. Yes. And then you respond. Yeah. Like, it just makes my life happy. <laughs> it's like, I know what you're talking about. I know what you say, yeah, because then I'll be like, you know, you give them a proper response and you make sure you've used the proper village Kiswahili that you know. <laughs> and that really throws people off. Yes, and it's absolutely. fun. Yes, it mm. is. It is. Mm. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. How was it growing up in Kenya, you know, mm. because uh, you were born in Switzerland and then you moved to Kenya. And yeah. I'm sure even for people who are living in Kenya, it would be so difficult to see them and a surprise to see you, you know, in their place. So yeah. how, how was it all about? So I think because I grew up in a small community, Mombasa is now a city, but at the time it was really tiny. Mm. And everybody kind of knows everybody. And especially where I grew up, we had two villages. So they kind of got used to seeing me. Hmm. When I moved with my mom to Kenya, I was practically still in diapers. Ooh. So, yeah. you know, for yeah. me, it was um, 
it's it's all I can really know. I don't really have much of a rec- recollection of Switzerland. Right. It's more Kenya. More Kenya. If I look back at my childhood, I see myself barefoot running around, <laughs> playing with um, you know, I had a few toys, but we used to play more with like boxes, like Omo, you know, detergent boxes and blue band, which would be a margarine tin. It was tins at the time. So that's the recollection I have playing with tires. Mm-hmm. um using old uh, slippers to make wheels for wow. cars that's what i remember so i don't remember remember i don't remember much of switzerland yeah 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 you know offline we were just having a conversation and you were talking about how you were in a kenyan school yes and then you moved to an indian school yes can you just elaborate more on that for the audiences <laughs> because it was one hell of a story for me <laughs> so when obviously my mom remarried a kenyan So my stepfather is Kenyan and they felt like a good idea it was a good idea to put me in an all Kenyan school because I mean you're in Kenya you want to integrate into the community right so that seemed like a good idea at the time and so they sent me to the Kenyan schooling system for my early years and primary um so obviously in the early years there was a point where I didn't speak any English at all because it was I'd started speaking German as a little baby or a little child and then it went to Kiswahili hmm. so I learned English in school. So there's a period <laughs> wow. where it was quite sketchy, looked quite funny. <laughs> like oh, why is this white kid not speaking any English? Yeah. So there was that funny time. When I got to the end of primary, um uh, my mom thought, "Okay, I think I should move her to a better school, mm. you know, where there's GCE and she can learn computers and stuff." And so she put me in an in an Indian school. <laughs> which was a complete culture shock for me. Right. Completely, you know. Yeah. Kenyan schools are very strict, very mm. very strict. Your uniform has to be on point, your shoes better be polished, and your socks need to be rolled up. <laughs> then you check into the Indian school where socks are rolled down, shirts are tucked out, and people don't stand up when they answer questions in class. <laughs> I found that out the hard way. So I felt like I was a laughing stock for most of the time <laughs> because I was so back I felt backward honestly I was not cool by any means <laughs> in any way shape or form I was not one of the cool ones it was it was so embarrassing <laughs> how yeah. is it being with the you know your batchmates like what kind of attention good or bad you received from say maybe the the male gender and the female yeah. gender so obviously when you're the minor- minority it will always come with that's good and no. bad yes um i never had trouble with the boys because i was pretty much one of the boys you know i liked hanging <laughs> out with boys more uh, i did struggle with the girls a bit mm-hmm. to be honest mm-hmm. there were some girls i formed amazing friendships with and we're friends to this date wow from wow. Actually, I have a friend who we were in, we were in um, like kindergarten together. Wow, Lucy, and we're still friends today. So That's I have amazing. I have some strong friendships. Nyawera from school as well. We're still friends today. But there is a c- group of girls who weren't too happy. You know, when you get attention, when you're different, when you have the soft hair or a light skin or something, and I never understood. It just Why? never made sense. Was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you grow older, you kind of. see what they have to deal with then mm. it it makes sense true, where true, that came true. from yes so you know you forgive forget and move on and yeah. be happy with life yes absolutely yeah. yeah did you like have live most of your growing years uh feeling like where do i belong or you know feeling that oh what is my identity mm-hmm. did you have these questions 100% and for me i think it was even more amplified because my stepfather is black 
my mom is white mm. and my sisters are biracial. Right. And my stepfather had a daughter from a previous marriage who's also black. She's completely Kenya, Christina. So we had, we were very blended, yes, very blend. blended family. Yeah. Um, you noticed it. It was, it was very strong when the white community kind of ostracized us a bit, I feel. So I never had white friends. I think it was only one friend who was half Swiss and half Baluchi. Hmm. That's Ooh. the only kind of white friend I had yes. you know, as a little child. So I definitely noticed it growing up. And um, my, and it, it's, it's a bit like being biracial. Right. Biracial kids do, yes. you know, they don't know, should we identify more the white side or the black side? Or where do we belong? So I kind of was put in that equation without even mm. being biracial myself. Mm. Um, but you learn to accept it. I grew up with so many different cultural influences. My stepfather is from a community called Kikuyu. Okay. So in Kenya, there's a lot of tribes. Yeah, yeah, right. So he's from the Kikui community. So our holidays were up country, <laughs> going to the river, fetching water, going to the land, working the land, um, having cows. <laughs> well, that was the life. So, you know, in Mombasa, you're walking. Straight from the movies. Straight, yeah, yeah. I should have. It's a bit like the white Maasai, but here comes Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite funny. Um, but yeah, like I said, there was a lot of cringeworthy moments growing up, mm. you know, like walking imagine, to school where you're that. waving at tourist buses, <laughs> hoping they'll throw sweets at you or something. Um, <laughs> so there was a lot of cringeworthy moments growing up. But I look back and they make me smile today. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Mm. And you even mentioned that in your, uh, you know, then for college, yeah. or for your higher education, you went back to Switzerland. I did. So you yes. did live, you know, maybe your childhood, your growing years in Kenya, and mm -hmm. then you went to Switzerland. Yeah. Did you feel, do you, or do you still feel that you're more rooted in Kenya? Do you relate Definitely. more to that culture? Or did you go back to Switzerland and feel, no, this is where I belong? No. So when I went to Switzerland, obviously my accent's very Kenyan, <laughs> extremely <laughs> Kenyan. And I went to Switzerland and I didn't speak German hmm. because my mom just never spoke to us in German. It's when your husband speaks English and you speak, it's very hard for you to speak to, to the kids. Yeah, yeah. So I really admire families or parents who are able to teach their kids a second language. Right. So we grew up not knowing German and when like we knew the basics you know the hello my name is yes you can't really get far with that yes. um so moving there I definitely felt different I only lasted three years in Switzerland and I was like sayonara <laughs> I went back to Kenya I, I couldn't I just um you know Kenyans are so warm mm -hmm. and the culture in Switzerland and the people very different very right. very different yeah. so I did not last personally I just I gave up and I went back yeah. yeah yeah and it's so fascinating how our cultures are so similar because when I was going through your website and you talk about the food dishes you know the names of the food dishes mm. and uh it says palau biryani chapati samosa and they mm. were so such Indian names as well. So yes. I just feel it's so fascinating how our cultures are so intertwined and so yes. related. You know, yes. there's so many similarities. So how did this come alive? Like, when mm. did you think of, okay, I need to start, you know, talking about Swahili food? Uh, because what, what, what I see is what you, what you're doing is you're not just preserving a culture because, you know, when you talk about the food, then mm. the food lives longer that yeah. means a culture is still alive right yes. so you're not yes. just trying to preserve a culture but you're also expanding it to uh you know introducing it to other cultures yes you know people who don't know about swahili food you're taking it there yeah. so i feel like whatever you're doing is amazing you know Thank because you. you're taking the culture forward so how did that 
happen? Like you yeah. just thought one day, okay, let me talk about Swahili food. <laughs> no, so it actually happened very organically, I would say. Mm. Um, when I had my daughter, I needed to do something with my life. And so um, initially I, was, I had a consultancy firm called Dreamcatcher. And we closed that when I had the baby because mm. I, I wanted to just give my time to her. But when she turned three and she started nursery, I was like, mm, what am I doing with my life now? I, I couldn't, I, I was depressed pretty much. Mm. Uh, so then I started a catering. I was always good at food mm. from a young age. Um, wow. I had, uh, especially in your, <laughs> one of my friends to this day, you know, she would always like have her lists of, can you bring this for lunch tomorrow so I can have some? <laughs> so I always loved cooking. I loved cooking for the family. Um, I loved Swahili food, so my mom couldn't cook it. Hmm. So I had to step up and cook it wow. if I wanted to have what I liked. And so um, when I started the catering company, I did what I know. I don't know how to do other Anything things. Anything else. That's yeah, what I know how to yeah. do. Wow. You know, that's what I grew up learning because I learned from, you know, different Swahili moms and moms in the village. So that's what I know. Hmm. So for me, it felt natural. I was like, okay, I'll do biryani and I'll do this and that. And it, it, the clients loved it. And so that's actually how the book came out. The first book, they were like, um, can we please have the recipe for your mahamri? They're amazing. Yes. Can we have a recipe for the chapatis? They're phenomenal. Yeah. And so I just started writing recipes for mm. my clients and my close family. Because mm. my mother-in-law would also ask for recipes. Right. That's when you right. really know, like, right. Yeah. I I'm doing something right. <laughs> I'm doing something right. My mother-in-law wants my biryani recipe. <laughs> I've made it. Yeah. You know? It's like the final approval. It's yeah, yeah. That's yeah. A, it's a big thing. <laughs> So then uh, what happened? Yeah, so it just started naturally. So when I wrote my my book, uh, Swahili Food Made Easy, which is available on Amazon. I'll put I the decided, links below, guys. Check the links. <laughs> so I just decided, okay, um, I need to get people to know about the book. Hmm. So then I started posting pictures of the book, recipes in the book. And that's hmm. how it, and then, you know, people would be like, hey, can you make a tutorial for this? Can you wow. So yeah. it just once you start, then it just moves forward. It just yeah. grew organically, yeah. and I listened to the little. I have people who are with me from the start, and I would just listen to them, take their guidance, and just roll mm. with it. Mm. Yeah, mm. obviously, I was scared though. You know, being uh, white, you're like, what authority do I have to, to talk about Swahili? Food. Yeah, but back then, when I was doing it, you know, even getting Swahili recipes back then, they were guarded secrets. You wow, know, you'd have the aunties would never share it. Really? For some reason, I guess I was lovable. So they would, you know, and, and I was very skinny. So they probably felt sorry for me. <laughs> like she's not getting fed. So through that, you know, they shared the secrets with me or the recipes with me. And I felt like they're going to pass on and then this is going to be it. No one yeah. else is going to, you know, have it. Right. And with the generation today, not very many are cooking, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, no, I, I really, let me go ahead and do the videos. So I did. I was scared. Mm. I'll be honest. I was really scared, but I went ahead with it. And I, I'm so happy because I've had numerous people write in and tell me, you've really taught me things about my culture. I didn't yes, know, didn't know. Yeah. you know, my true, mom true. passed away and never passed these recipes on. Thank you so much. I have the wow. recipes that gave me motivation to keep going. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And it's so beautiful, right? When you said that they would guard their recipes, yes. they would not give it away. So I think for women and especially yeah. You know, in certain parts of the world, it's like 
their own wealth it's their yeah. treasure yeah you know yeah. and uh, back in india we would say nani maki recipe like you know my my grandmother's yeah, recipe. Yeah, yeah. grandmother would give it to the grandchild to sit with her and tell her you know take a book and write these recipes yes so it is like a fa- a tradition you know yeah. being passed on from one generation mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. and this it's so beautiful and i feel in today's time where we're just ordering in and there's nothing wrong in it come on we all want to enjoy that yeah. but there is so much we can connect with our own grandmothers or yes. our own mothers you know yeah. with this because it's so beautiful because now when you say this i feel my brother he lives in new york and yeah. he loves to cook yeah and he will ask the same recipe 100 times to my mother <laughs> and he will do a video call and he will tell my mom and he'll keep the phone you know while he's cooking while he's chopping also yeah. so i will tell him why didn't you keep things ready and you know just and why can't you just write things down for yourself yeah. but he's like i like her watching me when i do it Aww. and i just felt it's so pure and beautiful yeah. to you know invest that time with your parents mm-hmm, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. to you know do something that yeah. is that, that they are so passionate about because yeah. my mother all her life that she's been passionate about one thing is cooking till date when she cooks something she'll be like how's it like she's just waiting to see our expression yeah, yeah. and we're like it's, mm, it's delicious and she'll be like yeah you know the, the, the satisfaction the happiness on her face yeah it's incredible yeah, and it's so beautiful cuz uh, cooking for people you're nurturing them you're nurturing absolutely yeah. you know that's absolutely. it's so I, i don't think there's any bigger better gift i can offer my family than that, than that you yeah. know being able to and guess what one day i won't be here because we're not here forever true, true and when true. i'm long gone one day my my kids are going to eat a chapati or eat something and go oh i miss Tastes mom like mom yeah, oh, yeah you know like mom, yeah. and immediately <laughs> you whisk back to your childhood or you whisk to you you're given memories because the senses god's given yes. us you know yes. the, the smell sometimes you might a, a loved one has passed on and you smell a perfume and you it, remember it just, them yeah just and you get flashbacks so yeah, it's the same with yeah. food and food is so powerful like that yeah that's what i love about food wow it's, it's yeah. so beautiful <laughs> i love this conversation uh, this even one more thing that you're super yeah. passionate about which is something you've not talked about on your youtube channel or on your social yes. media but you did discuss it with me yes. that's homeschooling and your children have gone to the traditional schools i would just mm-hmm. say because this is something that everyone you yes. know sends their kids to yes. normal school mm-hmm. but you decided to homeschool your children mm-hmm. how did that happen wow so i feel like the traditional school wasn't offering my especially my daughter what she needed in mm. terms of education mm. she sometimes you know when when she wouldn't understand a the concept they're moving so fast and then mm. she would get lost completely right. where sometimes she's very logical she needs you to really sit it has to make sense you cannot teach my daughter something and say that's it that's how it is end mm. of story move on to the next thing mm. she has to make the connection right. the the puzzle has to fit right absolutely and i feel like that wasn't happening in the school setup and my son as well my son's very gifted um he's a 5 year old that can read spell write and do mental math already so i feel like when wow. everyone was learning shapes and stuff he's already going that's a quarter that's a half that's wow. an eighth you know yes, yes. so i felt like again the school system the traditional school system was holding him back Hmm. You know some countries structure it such that when a child really wants to learn and is quick they support in that direction yeah, yeah. I yeah. wasn't getting that hmm. where they were hmm. so hmm. it just made sense to try it on our own hmm. and 
the difference we saw with the kids was day and night completely. Mm-hmm. My daughter, she, I don't think she can see herself in traditional school anymore. Yeah. yeah. How she, many uh, years now that they're doing? A, a full year now. A full year a now. A full wow. year, yeah. Wow. So she was just, and then of course COVID happened. So I was like, oh, this is okay. Because yeah. then I don't <laughs> have to worry about sending them and catching stuff. Yes. Because also when, you know, with traditional school, especially here, I feel like every year my kids were hospitalized with oh. a lung problem. Always, mm-hmm. always, always, always. Like they'd always have like this cold or flu from hell, I would call it. Mm-hmm. So there was a point like every year the kids would both be admitted into hospital. And I was like, what is going on? We've never right. experienced this. Yeah. And now for the first year and a half of my life in Oman, my kids have not been sick. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in a way, I'm just like, okay, that's another plus point for me. And a third thing that was a pushing factor for me is especially for my daughter who's turning 12 uh the, the kids these days are not how they were back then right they're very mature they're all into social media they're on yes. screens most yes. of the time yes. and i feel like the influences are not as positive anymore there's mm-hmm. a lot of bullying right. going on you know kids are really under pressure to keep up mm. and i would look at my little girl and i'd be like no mm. you shouldn't be you know you shouldn't have to feel like you need to Google how to be cooler or how to be, you know, how to be more, oh my God. a better version of yourself at this age. Yeah. But yeah. that's the reality of it. Yeah. So I've, those three points were push factors for me. Mm. Um, is it easy? No, Absolutely. it is not easy yeah. because your time, you have to dedicate a lot of time. You can't teach when you have kids in different age groups, you can't teach them at the same, same. time. Yeah, yeah. So you have to focus on one child, teach her. Mm. When she's doing something, you go, I go to my son, I sit with him and mm. you just structure it like that. Right. But right. it is tough. It definitely, it's a sacrifice. Yes. But it's not forever. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's again, another gift you can give your, your, your children. And there's still so much bonding with the kids. There you is. Know? There's so there much is. time that you give to kids. Yeah. And I would say that's wonderful because uh, I know for the fact people they are tired again i wouldn't try to judge them but i'm yeah. just saying that parents they want to send the kids away because they're just so tired you know and they want to do things for themselves yeah. and here you are actually giving more of your time to your yeah. kids so that's it's, wonderful yeah but there's something i've noticed though and i mean we've all been there where it's so much easier to hand an ipad to your child yeah and get them to shut up in a corner Absolutely. while you scroll the internet like a zombie or something yeah. that is the easy way but in the long run you will notice changes in your child that mm. are not okay mm. you will notice short tempers you'll notice your kids are getting angry more they're getting frustrated more and they're not generally just not happy from within mm. and i i know that is a direct link because of the screens mm. i'm 100% sure of it and they start emulating kids they see on youtube as well yes. a lot yes. you know that's a direct there's a direct link to that true true so um you know nothing good comes easy to get comfortable in the long run you have to get uncomfortable that's true it's very important yeah. so the time you are investing and look at your kids like an investment the time you're investing in them now is going to bear the fruits later on mm. and it makes a big difference and i've seen it personally happen like with me mm. i'm very strict when it comes to screen time now um you know even when my husband is tired i'm like Mm-mm. you're not handing your screen to the kids i'll tell my son go play with your lego go play with your trains i'll mm. tell my daughter read a book or do some sewing or write a recipe or try a recipe 
just to keep them off the screens. Yes. And I honestly feel like it makes a huge, huge difference. No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's tough though, as a mom, you know, you, you want to have your own free time. Yeah. You need a break as well. You want to Netflix and chill. But you do you do what? that? Do you Netflix and chill? Sometimes in the <laughs> evenings, but half the time, when I sit with my husband, You're off to bed, he knows in 10 <laughs> minutes, this one's going to fall Has asleep that, on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> it's standard procedure. He's used to it. Um, I tell him, look, even if I fall asleep on the couch, at least I'm snuggled up next to you. You know, and, <laughs> okay. and it feels, I feel nice snuggling yeah. up next to him. So that's kind of my, my downtime. Yeah. But um, yeah, you know what? It's not, like I said, it's not forever. Mm. You know, you will, you don't make kids to constantly have your own alone time. That's true. That's you know, true. If, if that's how it is, then there's really, kids are not a, a bag you can just put in the cupboard mm. and pull out when you feel like pulling them out, mm. you know, and showcase them and do beautiful Instagram family pictures and then get back to your life. That's, well, not, that's, what, true. that's, that's true. not what, that's not what, and that's what have. we see, unfortunately, unfortunately. Yeah. That's not what you have them for. If your child's having behavioral issues, how much screen time are they getting? Are you spending time with them or is a nanny spending a lot of time with yeah. them? Yeah. You know, just look at these things and sometimes it hurts to look within and you feel terrible, but it's never too late to change. No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. even in our Vedic philosophy, like in the Vedic culture, like back mm -hmm. in the days, um, in the Vedic times, the child for, for the first seven or eight years has to live with the family yeah. and then would, would be sent to a gurukul in the ashram, you know, where um, the guru is there to teach the children. But for those years... Parents are teaching the children. They're crucial. I mean, yeah. and there have been times we were traveling. We were in Thailand. I remember my parents and I, mm. and there were kids there. And I was like, oh, what school is your kid in? And he's like, he's not going to school. And he was mm. five. Mm. Like, mm. we were teaching him at home. And I was like, oh, because in India. And that time I was living in Dubai. I was actually seeing parents registering the child while the kid is still in the womb. Yes. Because there's so much competition. Mm. Like, no, 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 my child should get a seat. Like, oh, since three, at, at the age of three, you're sending a kid to a school. Yeah. And the Australian couple, they were like, so what are the parents doing? They don't teach anything at home. And that really hit me hard. Yeah. That this is what you're supposed to do. And what you rightly said, that kids are not like a bag because having a child is like a 20-year minimum, 20-year project, yes. isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so you have to long be committed. these days, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at my parents. I live with my parents. But you're looking after them, though. Yeah, but you're looking after them. So, and that's that's another big thing. Yeah, kids these days, you know, they they move out, and it's like bye bye mom, bye bye dad. That's yeah. it. And then you find these parents in an old age all by themselves. That's awful. You know, or they're shipped into an old people's home. But that also speaks a lot about how, I wouldn't say this is always the parent's fault, yeah. but it even talks about how you've brought up your child, how much yeah. attention you've given. Yes. You know, because yeah. what you give is what you're going to get back. Yeah. Family is important, Family's but it's also, important. I mean, they see you. How are you as a parent with your, with your parents, parents? Yes. You know, Absolutely. and for us, my husband and I, thank God we are on the same wave pattern with this one. We really respect and value our parents and we both have talked openly about it and we know when our parents get to an age where they cannot manage on their own, they have to move in with us. Yes. And it's something we knew from the get-go, it's not going to be a deal breaker for any of us, mm -hmm. you know? So when we're looking at our forever home, we're actually thinking like, okay, we need to buy something that has enough land for an outhouse yeah. for the parents, wow. you know? Wow. That's, that's how we think. Yeah, yes. that's how we yes. think because... We don't want to, this parent has dedicated their life Everything, to Everything, right? They've done for us. You know, they've yeah. sacrificed so much and then you just abandon them. Yes. And so for us, it's definitely in our plan. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's how we were, again, how we were brought, brought up. up yes. we were, yeah. I was brought up in a very tight-knit family. 
you know, and it makes a big difference. My siblings and I, although we're different, we might be different shades of, uh, you know, different colors, but we are so tight-knit. And yeah, maybe and even so aligned in your thinking yes, as yes. well and your values. Yes, yeah. and it's the same. So at least for us, we'll probably all be fighting who gets to keep mom. <laughs> I think that's the best situation to be in. And I would say kudos to your parents you yes. know, for, for what great job that they have done yes, you know, raising your kids this way. Um, I would just like to know what are the myths because there are so many myths mm-hmm. related to homeschooling and yes. because you are practicing it. So it's more of a practical answer I'm sure I'm yes. going to get from you. Normally people have this you know, misconception that kids who are you know, from, from homeschool uh, they, they're not good at socializing or what's mm-hmm. going to be you know, their future would yeah. they be enrolled in a university what about their degrees, what about their certificates mm. so According to you, what are the advantages and disadvantages, number one? And what yeah. are the myths? Because I'm sure when you talk to your friends, yes. that oh, you're homeschooling. They're like, what are the kind of questions that, you know, they hit you with? And you're like, no, this is not how it is. Yeah, no. So first, the, the questions I get, they're like, oh, my God, how do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> I can't even teach. I can't even do homework, homework with my child. Yeah. <laughs> how do you how do you manage? How do you where do you find me time? Those yeah, are the kind yeah, of questions yeah. that come. So I'll tackle on the social aspect first. Hmm. Um, so in today's time, unless you're living in a village somewhere with no kids around or you're on a mountain somewhere, there's really no excuse. I mean, um, there's so many extracurricular activities you can enroll your child in. Hmm. And because you're, you're saving a lot of money when you homeschool, hmm. so there's really no reason to not sign them up for right. sports activities. So football clubs, my kids love tennis, so they do tennis, they can do music. Um, there's so many options for them to socialize with other yeah. kids or yeah. they go to play, uh, you know, um, playgrounds, they meet other kids. So that is kind of, I say, they, there's really no excuse for that mm. anymore. Mm. Um, one good thing is, though, they don't have distractions. You know, in class, there's always distractions, notes being passed and God knows what else being passed. So there's no distractions. That eliminates the distractions. Mm. Um, you're able to really teach something to your child and go repeat Teach me what I just taught you. Yeah. That's what I like yeah. to do. I'll tell my daughter. Are <laughs> well, like, you paying attention? Let me yeah. test you. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so can you tell me how to do the percentages? Teach me like I'm a student. Hmm. And so wow. that also is another yeah. way for yeah. to make it's more stuff. like a role play. Then they, yeah, they exactly. become a teacher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so I make my kids the teacher and they teach it. Then I know, okay, they grasped it. Interesting. We're moving on to the next thing. Mm. So in doing so, you know you're not moving to a new topic without the kids grasping that topic. Yeah. So that's eliminated, right? right? Wow. In terms of university, if you go onto Harvard's website, they will you will see it's written there. They even Stanford, they accept homeschooled students and they wow. actually love homeschooled students. Why? Because homeschooled students know how to self-manage, okay? Mm. They know how to learn mm. on their own. They can manage their time well, mm. you know, so they don't go to university and they're like, whoop. How do I do? do. Yeah, Yeah. because they've been doing it, you know. And one um, big thing about homeschooling, especially when your child is older, um, is you try and teach them to self-learn, you know. So like my daughter, certain subjects like geography and English, she'll self-learn. It's only when she hits a snag that when she's not able to understand something and she can't find the answer on the Internet because now she's learning research. Wow. You know, she has wow. to learn how to research. Like if she's doing global warming, she has to look online how to find, you know, you you know, find different videos and different articles on global mm-hmm. warming. Mm-hmm. If she doesn't understand something, she'll come to me then. 
which it becomes easy in the long run yes. the older they get. Yes. And she's so, only 6, mashallah. No, my my son is 6, oh, my yeah, daughter, daughter is sorry, yeah, 12. Yeah, she's going to be 12. Yeah, yeah. Uh the 6-year-old <laughs> getting him to sit down, you have to be very playful with him and you know, have like set challenges for him. He likes challenges. um then he he's able to to get the stuff out of the way more mm. and if and if honestly like with him 2 hours a day is more than enough more than enough to yeah. do his english we focus on english and math right now mm. so 2 hours is more than enough for him and the rest of the time i engage him in play so the legos wow. painting um you know give him cornstarch mixed water so he does stuff like that play doh Wow. Let him be creative. Yes. I feel like you learn so much more and spend time outdoors. Right, right. now it's an oven. Yeah. But in the evenings, <laughs> you know, you can manage somehow so spend time outdoors. I feel like those lessons are in you can't put a price on that. No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the best kind of learning happens when you're enjoying it and when yeah. you know it's it's all fun and play. Yes. You, you get to learn more and yes. you remember it for a longer period of yes. time. Yes. This process of homeschooling. Yeah. You know because you went to a traditional school. Yes. Now what are the things that you have learned to unlearn in this last one and a half year? Uh well first of all for me the traditional school the Kenyan especially the Kenyan school it was based on memorizing. Hmm. You know it was like you have to just memorize right all the like with math memorize everything the concept. So things didn't the puzzle didn't fit in. Right. Because right. it was always just we called it cramming. Yeah, so it was always just look at your like you're doing chemistry, biology, you're just memorizing, memorizing everything. It, yeah. it doesn't so now like with my daughter when I do science, we actually bought a human form, mm-hmm. a figure. And I'm like, right, so this is the lungs, this is how the heart goes behind it's encased here. Wow. And she sees the visual of it and understands why each piece goes in there. Yeah. So I like I said, I keep referring to the puzzle, but that's how I look at how I'm teaching my kids the puzzle pieces have to mm. fit. Mm. Yeah, so I love that now that she doesn't have to of course you're going to memorize multiplications. There's yeah. some things there's no some way things, around. Yeah, yeah? No sorry, out. there's yeah. no easy way. Um but for the most part she'll be able to explain because she's really understood. Right. And I feel like that's invaluable. That's, because that's what we want as an outcome, right? Yes, that the kid yes. has to understand that. So you know we normally when we are friends when we have a conversation mm-hmm. we just say that our education system has tested our memory does not tested our intellect exactly it does not push us to you know use our intellect yes. and to think why yes. go deeper into it yes. just memorizing and people who came fast you know in in school people who who were like topping yes. today i would not see they're not great orators or great people to have a conversation with yes, yes. because they haven't i wouldn't say all of them but most yeah, of them majority you know, of majority them. of them yeah and the thing is also what i noticed when i look back at people i went to school with the brilliant minds hmm. the ones who just would you know the photographic memory crowd right, right. that looks at something and it's in there a lot of them ended up not being street smart True. and not making True. good life decisions and just not not making it much further in life right. because they're lacking that very important skill which is called being street smart right homeschooled kids i feel like they end up being very street smart hmm. and that's another important aspect and they're quite so i haven't met a homeschooled child who is shy and withdrawn they're quite well spoken yeah you know and they will challenge you they will challenge you wow. <laughs> yes so yeah. i think that's what a lot of people fear that's what they're like no please just send them to a traditional school yeah, and yeah. send them to tuition teachers because i don't want to look stupid in front of my child <laughs> so yeah that's it. sometimes it's even for me you know she my daughter will have a concept and she's like 
uh, what's this? And you're like, just give me a minute. I need to respond to this WhatsApp. You're on Google. Because <laughs> you're like, wait, what? I don't know what that is. Oh, Lord. Um, and you didn't prepare before. Because sometimes yes. in the evening, I'll try yeah. and read up quickly yeah. Yeah. to avoid that happening. Uh, but now it's gotten to a point. I'm like, you know what? I actually don't know. Let's find out together. Because <laughs> I'm like, it's okay to not know. Yeah. And I like yeah. to teach my kids that it's fine. You can't know everything, and that's, that's okay. True. That's true. It's okay. So just say, that. let me try and research that and get back to you. Hmm. So that's what we do. Because now. that also teaches the child that it's yeah. okay to not know everything. Yeah. Because if, as a mother, yeah. if you admit it in front of them, yeah. they learn, right? Yes. They learn exactly. from you, and they think, okay, it's fine to not know yeah. everything, and there's not that pressure. Yeah. But no, I need to know everything. That's the thing and I feel at the traditional school there's also a lot of pressure in a way it's good because there is some competition right so right, they kind of right. try to compete but in today's schooling system kids are given trophies just for participating yeah like oh you took part here you go well yeah, done yeah, yeah, yeah. you know whereas when you're homeschooled that's eliminated yes. that's gone and you know like the system that I do with my kids um, is called Woolsey first of all the school is called Woolsey Hall in Oxford yeah. and they give you all the books and they give you the lessons you log on online and you get the lessons every day wow so at the end of every three weeks she has a, an assignment she has to do like a test hmm. so and the tests you send them in and they're marked in in the UK by teachers and they send them back wow so then if she doesn't get a certain score she's like you know she's it, it bugs yeah, her yeah. and then she tries to do better right so right. in that way at least there's still she's competing to be better, the better version of herself, herself. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's and i like that i think that's how it should be you know, yeah. because we have just created a system where we're comparing one child to another and a lot yeah. of parents also do that yeah and uh, i think that is that is that is not what anybody should do and yeah. for father's day uh, podcast i had my dad on the show and uh, oh. when i asked him to you know give a message and that's what he said please do not compare your child to anybody yeah. else and I think that is so important and I've seen that in my mm. own life you know yeah. my dad and my mom they would never compare me with somebody else yes they would say that oh we think you can push forward and you can grow more yeah but oh but their daughter came first but their son got like 90% why did you get 60% no it's my dad enough. would be like oh wow you did well you know and even if I would fail he would be like it's okay if you fail this time next time you will win yeah, you what are you going to do different? Time. Yeah, yeah, and you know, my mom, it was just once when my mom, she was like, no, but you need to at least like scream at her or, you know, sit with her. My dad was like, no, I'm a businessman. There are some seasons I fail. I don't achieve my, uh, my goal, my my target, goal yeah. financially. Yeah. But in the next season, I cover it up. Yeah. So it's okay. Next time she'll, she'll definitely pass. And you won't believe I failed in math in ninth grade in the first semester. Yeah. And the second semester, I topped in the entire class, not just my class, but in yeah. the entire batch. Amazing. Because your spirit so, wasn't broken. Exactly. Yes. I wasn't like pushed down that, oh, you're, you're dumb. And you know, because yeah. I know a lot of people use these words to talk to their kids. Uh, one thing I want to know that how important is it to choose the right kind of language when you're talking to it your is kids. It's so crucial because understand something. If you tell somebody they're a donkey and you keep calling them that, they will believe they're a donkey. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's the same. If somebody's going to go for a sports competition and they're not pumped up, hyped up, and feel like they have a chance, mm -hmm. they're not going to excel. They're not yeah. going to give it their best. So that's why you find parents like, you can do this. I can't yeah. wait for you. I'm at the finish line. Yes. So imagine if a parent goes, well, you know, just give it your best. I mean, whatever happens, happens, you know, no, at no, least no. you're in the race kind of thing. Right. You have to also hype up your child. Yeah. So um, your words as a parent can make or break your child, yeah. you know, and that's why a lot of kids, a lot of adults today with deep rooted issues 
stem from um, their parents true, true, and true. you find you find adults who are trying so hard to get their father's approval and father's pat on the back but some fathers are so cold and withdrawn and they're not giving it and you find these poor adults trying everything like hey dad to prove it to their yeah dad. and it's so heartbreaking to yeah. see yeah. you know um so i i definitely don't want to end up having that effect that's not to say we don't make mistakes going yes we do I've had to apologize to my kids numerous times. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes I just lose the plot and I just <laughs> yell because I've probably stepped on a Lego or something like that. Yeah. But then I'll I'll calm down and I'll sit down and I'll say, "Do you think mom reacted the right way?" And they're like, "Nope, you definitely didn't react." And I'm like, "Yeah, you're right. I'm really sorry. What strategies do you think I should use to calm down next time?" And my wow. my son he can't say the word supposed he says supposed mm-hmm. he's like you're supposed to breathe <laughs> so cute he's so cute when he says it you're supposed to breathe mama and you know just calm down so I'm like you're right you know so then the next time when he sees me like going up he's like mama remember you're supposed to breathe and I'm like okay and then you learn yeah. and i've learned so much from my kids i That's really have yeah so beautiful so i feel like it's important but like i said nobody's perfect as a parent there is no manual true okay you're allowed to make mistakes but how you recover from those mistakes is a huge lesson you're teaching your child absolutely it's a huge huge lesson because that's they're going to be and end up doing the same thing hmm. later on in life yeah, yeah absolutely yeah this is lovely thank you so much Vanessa thank you so much for breaking some myths for actually giving direction to a lot of people you know I'm sure a lot of parents are watching a lot of children are watching if you're a child please tell your parent that you would want to opt for homeschooling mm-hmm. and thank you thank you this is just so amazing mm-hmm. that you shared so candidly about your personal practices yes. and the way you were admitting you know even the mistakes that you make because yes. I think that requires a lot of courage and We all are human at the end and we all make mistakes. So thank you so much for this. I am so, so, so happy, you know, that you did this. Um, To end, because she's Swahili food, so we can't let her go without a food recipe or something related to food. So uh, we are so delighted that you are human, that Vanessa has created something specially for this episode. Yes. Should we we get that? Yeah, let's get it. It's called Vitumbua. I made them this morning. Yeah, Vitumbua. And it's just you soak. Smells amazing. Cardamomy. <laughs> so you you soak this uh, rice overnight mm-hmm. so that it softens and then it gets rid of excess starch because you don't want starch when you're making vitumboa. It'll just clump up together and be yeah. gloopy. Yeah. So we're not trying to make anything gloopy. Thank you, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And um, yeah, so you soak them overnight and then you blend them with cardamom mm-hmm. so you can smell the cardamom. Coconut milk, and you put some yeast and you let it rise, and then you add enough sugar to your taste buds, and then cook it. And uh, we can add some, uh, you know, toppings on it. So on my page, some people have made some recommendations. I would say they like try and have it with um, craft cheese. Ooh, I love. We don't have any craft cheese. Um, I don't know what we have. I don't have have it at home. I have ketchup. We're gonna try. We're gonna. Mama, do we have any chutneys at home? Chutney. Ketchup? No. Ketchup. We only have ketchup. We can try it with ketchup. Let's try it with ketchup. We can try with ketchup. Okay. Okay. So we have tomato sauce. It's not ketchup. There's a difference. (laughs) Sorry for my, you know, (laughs) lack of knowledge. (laughs) And we have the Indian achar. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? What should we try it with? I think I'll try achar first. The achar? Do you want the chili or? Sure. Or do you just... See the texture? Want a piece of the chili or do you want... It depends how chili would I dye 
I don't know. You see me sweating here. They're like, oh, we'll just dip it on top. <laughs> ah, look, and you can see it's got a sieve like texture there. Mm -hmm. That's the rice. That's the cat. Alrighty. So maybe try it. I want to try percent. just raw that, first. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go for the chili. It's nice mm. and soft. Too soft. Mm -hmm. right? like Yummy, guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is it too spicy for you? Mm -mm. Not at all. Yeah? Mm. Okay. Yeah? Do you you can get more? the... I'm going to try a different one. Oh, it's nice though. Did your mom make that? I think so. My mom is awesome. <laughs> She's going to be seeing a lot of me. Yeah, I, I <laughs> We'd love to have you. She's mm. going to be happy to See. have you. Hmm. Tastes better with what? Try it with the tomato. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I've never tried that. Um, we would have tried craft cheese as mm. um, one of the Swahili food fam, they call them, had suggested, but we don't have craft. Yeah, we don't so have craft. So. I can't report back on how good it is, but I would imagine Nutella would also be really good. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. Try that ice cream on it. Ice cream might, might work as well, yeah. Especially mm. when you warm them a bit and you have mm. an ice cream. Mm. Kind of like jalebi. I like jalebi with ice cream. Okay. So we are going to go talk more about food. Sorry, guys. Put in my mouth. I'll leave you guys with whatever. Yeah. I hope you guys like the episode today. And I hope to see you guys next time. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If it has inspired you even slightly, then please like, share and comment. See you on the next one. Until then, remember, our time is limited. Let's make the most of it. Hi, I am Vanessa Mary and you are watching the show You Are Human. Please like, comment, share, subscribe and get the word out there. Keep watching You Are Human on YouTube and listen to these amazing conversations on Spotify and other audio platforms.